Fox answer to your aggravation. The Joy Network. The views and opinions expressed today on Black Focus Radio are not the views and opinions of the station, its management, or its advertisers. Now, let's get ready to focus on our issues, our solutions, using our voices on Black Focus Radio. Welcome to Black Focus, the show designed with our community in mind, where we focus on our issues, developing our solutions using our voices. Central Arkansas, surrounding areas, and the nation. Get ready. Black Focus starts right now. Phone lines open at 855-525-5683. So here's your host, David W. Coleman and Robert Webb. All right, welcome to the show, Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices, 855-525-5683 is the number. Dave Coleman in the house along with my good buddy Robert Webb. How you doing, Robert? Oh, let me make sure I got the right mic. Try that again. What's up, brother? I'm doing pretty good, man. I had a good weekend. Uh, it was nice and quiet. I actually slept a lot this weekend, and I needed it, my goodness. But how was your weekend? It was a weekend, dog. Did you do anything exciting? Uh, no. Did you do anything that wasn't exciting? Always. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just checking, you know. I just always, you know, brother. I'm just saying, you know. So I'm always doing something that's not exciting. Well, that's that's the story of a lot of people's lives out there. But story uh, of my life. Uh, by the way, you can also catch us on Facebook. Catch us on Twitter. Uh, don't forget you can download the podcast as well. Uh, if you miss any of the show, we know we have a lot of people listening in in different time zones, for, and that's a good thing. So if you miss any of the show, then you can always uh, hit us up and uh, go out and download that podcast. It's under Black Focus Radio. Uh, it's pretty simple. Uh, it's got a kind of snazzy logo background you know with the big microphone on it so check that out because we doing what we do and uh but yeah you can catch us anytime you want and that's the good thing about uh this show uh i want to quickly uh shout out to uh the little rock central tigers uh they uh we we wrapped up our final home broadcast for the tigers on Friday night, a successful broadcast overall. Tigers ended up right now are four and five. Uh, excuse me, five and four, and with the win on uh, this Friday at War Memorial Stadium with Catholic, uh, they could end up being uh, six and four. But for the first time in uh, since they've joined Seven A, when they redid the conferences, the Tigers are in the playoffs. And uh, I say that as a testament to what perseverance will do and, and more importantly, uh, what dedication of one person will do. So just to give you some numbers, and we'll do black facts in a moment. First, uh, it's the first win versus Fort Smith Southside in history. Fort Smith Southside at one point was a power in northwest Arkansas, uh, but the Tigers were able to beat them on Friday night. Uh, the first playoff berth. Uh, for the 2020 seniors. So in other words, this group of seniors for four years had never been to the playoffs. So that's a good thing for them. 
the first playoff berth since Congrats, the, coach. Uh, since the formation of the 7A Central Division and the first five-win season for uh, the 2020 seniors. So um, you might think that, well, only five wins, but they're playing in the toughest uh, conference in the state, number one. And number two, this is a, a program that has had to rebuild itself. And it has taken um, Coach Kent Laster to come in from um, Texas in order to get that done. And it seems to be going in the right direction. And I just want to thank all of our sponsors, uh, the Friday Group, uh, gosh, uh, uh, Big Rock Fun Park. Uh, uh, um, I'm trying to think. I shouldn't have started calling names because I can't even think of uh, Community Health Centers of Ar- uh, of Arkansas, the Arkansas Education Association. Uh, let's see who else. Landers uh, Auto Group, uh, you know, and the uh, Thompson Law Firm, and certainly uh, K. Hall and Son. Uh, all of those people contributed and made this help to make this broadcast possible. And I also want to thank Jemai Ivy, who gave up six of her Friday evenings to come in and produce the show. Now she got a little, little cheese too. Now don't get me wrong, because that's how you do it, you know. Uh, but she's done a wonderful job, and uh, uh, she doesn't realize it, but I, I think she's beginning to. Now she has a she has a place in this business because she's smart. She 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 doesn't get rattled. Uh, she has a good disposition to be a producer, so good for her. So I just wanted to take that time out to thank uh, the people of Little Rock Central and Coach Kent Lasker. Uh, let's see, Nancy Russo, who's the president, uh, Eugene McGee, who is the athletic director over there. For for when I came to them with this idea, they thought it was – I'm pretty sure they probably thought it wasn't going to work. But we were able to raise a nice chunk of change for them. And next season – forgot who they playing with, Blair. Exactly. And next season – our goal is to raise $20,000 for the Little Rock Central Tigers football program. That's what's up. Let's do what we so, do. So we'll get started early. You'll start hearing more about this after the first of the year. Uh, but we will. Do we get uh, the official count of what we raised this year? Uh, well, the official count, last I heard, uh, just with us and others, was about $9,000. 9000 okay. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. Not bad at all. So uh, our goal is to make sure that we, we – uh, we raise more money for the Tigers because we want that. We definitely want that. Um, uh, that that tiger uh, den, that tiger den, whatever you want to call it, uh, right there on campus. Okay. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and get ready to get the show started. But I wanted to start off the show with that, so because I didn't want to uh, forget to talk about uh, the Tigers. Now let's go ahead and jump into Black Facts. Dynamic Black Facts, our culture, our history, our people. Okay, so this Black Fact is going to be uh, an audio Black Fact, although you can go out to the website, and there is a, there is, it was created by Act TV, and it's called Systematic Racism Explained. You know, we have a lot of conversation about what is racism, what isn't racism, how does it work, uh, can black people be racist, yada, yada, yada. So this will give you some insight on what racism really is, and that way as you move forward, when we talk about this, when we talk about this term, let's make sure that we are applying it in its proper context, because I think if we do not, 
then that cheapens uh, the struggle that black people have had to have in this country for decades, for centuries, due to racism. So, uh, so it's called ra- uh, systematic racism explained. Jamal's neighbors are African-American and all of Kevin's neighbors are white. Because Jamal's school district is mostly funded by property taxes, his school is not very well funded. His classrooms are overcrowded, his teachers are underpaid, and he doesn't have access to high-quality tutors or extracurricular activities. Kevin's school district is also funded by property taxes, so his school is very well funded. His classrooms are never crowded, his teachers are very well paid, and he has access to high-quality tutors and lots of extracurricular activities. Kevin and Jamal live only a few streets away from each other. So how come they're growing up in such different worlds with such different opportunities for success? The answer has to do with America's history of systemic racism. To understand it better, let's look at what life was like for Kevin and Jamal's grandparents. Decades after the Civil War, many government agencies started to draw maps dividing cities into sections that were either desirable or undesirable for investment. This practice was called redlining, and it usually blocked off entire black neighborhoods from access to private and public investment. Banks and insurance companies used these maps for decades to deny black people loans and other services based purely on race. Historically speaking, owning a home and getting a college education is the easiest way for an American family to build wealth. But when Jamal's grandparents wanted to buy a house, the banks refused because they lived in a neighborhood that was redlined. So Jamal's grandparents were not able to buy a home, and because colleges could prevent them from attending through legal segregation, their options for higher education were really scarce. Kevin's grandparents, on the other hand, got a low-interest loan to buy their first house and got accepted into a handful of top universities, which traditionally only accepted white students. This opened up a wealth of opportunities that they were able to pass on to their kids and grandkids. Even as late as the 1980s, an investigation into the Atlanta real estate market showed that banks were more willing to lend to low-income white families than to middle- or upper-income African-American families. As a result, today, for every $100 of wealth held by a white family, black families have $5.04. A 2017 study confirms that redlining is still affecting home values in major cities like Chicago today. This explains how Kevin and Jamal inherited vastly different circumstances. Unfortunately, the story doesn't end there. A big part of systemic racism is implicit bias. These are prejudices in society that people are not aware that they have. Let's go back to Kevin and Jamal. Against all odds, Jamal manages to be the only student from his high school to get accepted into a great university. The same one that Kevin and his high school friends are attending. But after Kevin and Jamal both graduate, Jamal notices that his resume isn't drawing as much interest as Kevin's, even though they graduated from the same program with the exact same GPA. Unfortunately for Jamal, studies show that resumes with white-sounding names get twice as many callbacks as identical resumes with black-sounding names. Implicit bias is one of the reasons why the black unemployment rate is twice the rate of white unemployment, even among college graduates today. You can see evidence of systemic racism in every area of life. The disparities in family wealth, incarceration rates, political representation, and education are all examples of systemic racism. Unfortunately, the biggest challenge with systemic racism is that there's no single person or entity responsible for it, which makes it very hard to solve. So what can you do? 
The first thing you can do is work towards becoming more aware of your own implicit biases. What are some prejudices that you might hold that you're not aware of? Second, let's acknowledge that the consequences of slavery and Jim Crow laws are still affecting access to opportunity today. As a result, we should support systemic changes that create more equal opportunities for everyone. Increasing public school funding and making it independent from property taxes would be a great start so that poor and wealthy districts can receive equal access to resources. Systemic problems require systemic solutions. Luckily, we're all part of the system, which means that we all have a role to play in making it better. Peace. Keep listening to Black Focus Radio for more dynamic black facts, our culture, our history, our people on joinnetradio.com. And don't forget, if you would like to sponsor Black Facts, call me up at 615-554-0568, and I'll hook you up with a nice advertising package. You know, the holiday season, the buying season is right around the corner. You've got, uh, let's say you got Hanukkah, you've got Kwanzaa, uh, you've got Christmas, Thanksgiving, White Friday, uh, all of those uh, play- times when you want to buy. So if you want to buy and you want people to know that you're out there selling, you've got a product, just like I'm going to do, I'm gonna, you're going to start hearing more about Coleman's Dynamic Rib Rub here real soon, then you need to hook, hook up with the advertising, okay? All right, so... Robert, what do you think about that little that little video? Uh, I was, you got my mic. You got my mic player. Yeah, I got your mic on. Sorry. <clears throat> I thought that was interesting, man. That was really good. I, the The idea of um, changing the way schools are funded that was that was something I never thought about. The Dickens, you say? The Dickens, I say. The great Robert Webb. <laughs> Yeah, never thought about that one. The see, see, folks, that just goes to show you that Robert doesn't know everything. I don't know everything, Doc. Never, never said I did. I never purported to know. Everything. And and he's open to learning. Always. That was a good idea, though. Yeah, it really was when I heard that. <clears throat> but I, I, I wouldn't say. Um, I think I think the property tax for education. I think that's a good thing. I just think in certain cities. It, it again, it boils down to value, right? So we always talk about this. I talked about this what a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. when I was talking about um, the value in, in neighborhoods south of six thirty. Mm-hmm. Those values determine your property taxes, and right. then the thing is, is that a lot of people in our community they want their property taxes lower because they don't understand the impact of what those property taxes do, right? Right. So you know, but with that being said, and I understand as a taxpayer, you you get tired of paying taxes. So if you come up with an alternative way to fund schools, then that argument goes away. You can still lower taxes, theoretically, I guess, but uh, but you're still funding the schools the way they need to be funded. The question is, what could be potentially some of those alternative ways that you could fund schools? You know, unlike a sales tax, uh, personal property tax aren't regressive, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, as, as far as being a, a, a non-regressive tax, I think it's a good way to fund schools because it's not regressive. Mm-hmm. And for those of us who don't understand what, re, what regressive and non-regressive are, our regressive taxes are sales tax. They have a greater impact on people with, low, with lower incomes, right. right? And so by doing, a, by doing a real estate tax or a personal property tax or however you want to look at it, it is not as regressive as a sales tax. So... I think the best way, honestly, I still think a good way to fund public education is through that tax. 
But there's several factors that go into when you're talking about school funding, right? You're not answering the question. Oh, what was the question? I apologize. The question was, what could be some alternative ways to fund schools other than sales tax? I mean, other than property taxes, because if you still stick with property taxes, you're still going to run into those disparities where uh, there are some communities that have, uh, well, let's just say for Little Rock itself, part of the reason that you don't have the same property tax that you had 20, 30 years ago is because of white flight, you see. Well, so, not, and, not so much. I mean, you, you got to remember, whether people leave or not, that doesn't really have that really doesn't hit your tax base. What hits your tax base is if you have if you have housing. Okay, so a great example is most taxes you get. You know, let's say some people are paying five mils. So mm-hmm. five mils tax would probably let's just say for the, for argument is twenty bucks, mm-hmm. right? So if you got if you got somebody who's paying five mils every year, but then you got people who are paying one meal, which mm. is four dollars, right? right? Versus people who are paying twenty, right. then the numbers don't the numbers don't jive. Right. Because what happens in especially older neighborhoods is they bring the value of the house down. Right. You're saying what I just said. Yeah. So that but we're back to my question. But it's not but it's not about white flight though. Well that's white p- flight in part of it, yeah. But if think you about don't it. have enough homes that are valued at a, at, at a, at a high enough level, then you're not going to have Well, the by the way, base. that's changing because they're starting to move back into town again. But, but my point, my <clears> question <throat> is, that's one of many reasons. Right. But my question is, what are some of those alternatives that you could possibly look and say, okay, we can take this money and fund it, fund schools? And it's not, the answer is not casinos, folks. No, it's not casinos. We had that conversation Friday. Well, I'll tell, tell you what I think a great thing is. So if you look at all the – so the last couple of years when we got the, when we got the uh, money for the – when we got money for the marijuana, none of that went to education. I think we should make it a state law that anytime anything starts, that a portion of that money goes to fund education on mm-hmm. the state level, right? Because what happens is, you know, people decide where the money goes, and most times it never goes to public education. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be that would be a great start because that wouldn't have an impact on residents directly, mm-hmm. right? So it would come from the profits of uh, it would come from the profits of these, you know, of the, the casino, mar- marijuana, the marijuana the whoever else, whoever else comes into play, mm-hmm. right? That would have an impact on them and not the residents directly. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be a, that would be a great. So way you're saying casinos, the marijuana re- uh, revenue, mm-hmm. I, I, I even think even some of the gas tax. I mean, you could even get some of the gas tax because some of the gas tax goes to the highway department. Mm-hmm. You can take a percentage of the gas tax. Mm-hmm. I mean, because the numbers for the gas, even even tobacco. I mean, all that. Right. I mean, all, all alcohol, the, alcohol, all of it. You could put all of that. You could put a portion uh, of in, all in, that. In, in other education. words, basically what they used to call. Send taxes, pretty much, yeah. You know, which I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, you know, a great way of finding I, it. I, I don't have a problem with you now. Certainly, the liquor industry, the tobacco industry, would be be upset with that, but not really. Uh, but but my point is this: is that because those things like that would, we don't need. Yeah, it's not like you would raise the tax. Mm-hmm. All you would do is say, okay, right now we're funding X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. We're just going to cut the funding back by two cent, mm-hmm. and we're going to give two cent to education, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you wouldn't. It wouldn't, wouldn't like you had to come out and say we're going to raise the tax two cent mm-hmm. so we can put it over there. You just say, okay, instead of paying, you know, Salvation Army two cent, mm-hmm. we're going to instead of paying them three cent, we're going to pay them two cent, and we're going to pay somebody else two cent and take that two cent and put an education. In other words, make some budgetary adjustments. Some budgetary adjustments. Which, nothing, nothing significant. Which I, I think makes a lot of sense yeah. because you know the the thing of uh, 
funding schools has to be thought differently. Okay, and that's really theoretically what the argument was for some of the conservatives when they went to the charter school model. Let's figure out a way to fund the schools. But they're still funding the same way, though. Well, that, oh, I know yeah. that. I know that. That never changed. That never changed. Right. But figuring out another way where, because you, you think about it from this perspective, there have been plenty of, and I think Arkansas got one of those suits where they were being sued because the the rural schools were not being funded to the same level as the urban schools. Right. So, Theoretically, if you go with that alternative method of, of funding, it's, it's, it's fair across the it's board. Exactly. Yeah, it's That's exactly what I was going to say. And and to some degree, you could take some of the real estate taxes and do some other things with them. Um, but again, like if you look at, I mean, you look at some districts, you can tell, I mean, Northwest Arkansas, mm-hmm. they're slowly becoming Little Rock. I know. And the bad thing about it is that Little Rock. And they don't realize it. Well, I don't, I'm not going to say they don't realize it, but Little Rock is not putting, is not implementing anything to keep pace with them, mm-hmm. right? Because Northwest Arkansas is taking a very progressive approach to everything they're doing. I've had friends who left Little Rock to move to Northwest so Arkansas. So I, I never that's a, that's that, an that's indication. Just me. Well, yeah, but that's an indication. Maybe of if I were younger, I may I might think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know with my disposition right now, I'd be done killed somebody. Well, I don't I don't think Northwest Arkansas is as bad as we think it is because if you start to look at the numbers racially, it's increasing for black folks. The numbers are increasing for black folks. I see giving a slant out, but yeah, they're increasing <laughs> for black folks. Seriously, the numbers uh, have increased. I know they're increasing, but since still. the 2000 census, the numbers have almost doubled I, for blacks I, in uh, Northwest so, Arkansas. So they went from what? Uh, six to twelve. <laughs> <laughs> the only way they they increase is football players, football season and basketball season. More like after three, that they dwindle, but more like three to six. You know, three to six. There there's a lot of industry now in Northwest Arkansas oh, I know. that wasn't I know. there before. I know. Yeah. So, but I, I mean, and, and, and I'm, I'm doing that tongue in cheek, but just me personally, I couldn't live in North. Just knowing the history of this city, I mean that state, that area. I it's know. no, I mean, but, but we're no different. Uh, I just, you know, I, I'm gonna live around my peoples. But anyway, that's just me. But uh, but but I think it's I think it's well worth looking at alternatives. And but we also have to understand. And I thought that piece was very important because we get this. Everybody has a different uh, a different definition of what racism is. Right. And when you when I when you hear me say. Uh, racism is part of a social construct. That means that it was constructed socially to discriminate against a certain set of people. And redlining was only one example of the many examples that were created through racism uh, uh, because of racism to keep black people from being being successful. You know, I, I posted another article. Here's a Here's an article, and I, and it's ironic how sometimes when I'm doing research for the show, things come together. And this is an article that came out back in 2017, and uh, it just popped across my, my wall. Uh, so I saw it for a friend who had posted it. And here, here check this out. Here's just the title. It says, uh, the wealth gap between whites and blacks is widening. Mm-hmm. The myth of racial equality is having real and devastating consequences okay Mm -hmm. so whites are 68 times as wealthy as blacks Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. nobody ever talks about it no okay 
Because everybody goes back to the old adage, if you want it, you'll get it. And that's just not true. That's not true because of what we just heard. In some respect, the redlining, the discrimination has a lot to do with that. A lot's based on education, too, or um, I would say financial literacy, but I don't mean that as much as I just mean being educated about money, what investments are, that kind of thing. Right. But yeah. but again, uh, that's still part of that racism because part of the reason that we're not educated on those things is that, for instance, you, you do investments in your home. Mm-hmm. You, that means you're teaching your sons how to do it. Right. Okay. Was there someone who taught you in your home when you grew up? Um, I didn't learn. I didn't. I don't think I learned it from anybody in my home, but I saw my uncles doing it. But right. I didn't, I didn't. I don't know that we ever had a conversation. Right. About it. So in my home, there was no one. Okay. My 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 uh, learning of investments was when I went to college and started studying economics mm-hmm. and realizing that hell they ain't doing up a gambling. Mm-hmm. Because that's all that's all it is. Yeah. To be totally honest. Stock market, yeah. That's what to the stock degree. market is. It's gambling. Yeah. Okay. Depends on what you're doing. Yeah. Right. But but you can be successful. And right. I read an article earlier last well, this past weekend where this guy was in prison for years, taught himself to stock market, now he's a millionaire. Yeah. From prison. Yeah. Yeah. So the point is that we're, there's no one in our homes that are teaching those things. You know, it's just like any other thing. You know, typically if you grow up in a home and your dad is a doctor, the odds are you're probably going to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, if your dad is an attorney, the odds are you, not all the time, but the odds are that you'll probably be an attorney. Or someone in that fa- household right. will be it's another attorney. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. So part of the reason is that we're behind is even though we're getting degrees, we're not getting degrees that is leaving that legacy, that financial legacy, where we're teaching our children to do this, that, and other. Now, I will say that because we are getting, you know, like the kids, like my kids, uh, my oldest is 31, uh, they've learned based on what I've learned, and that intellectual legacy is going to be passed down to them, along with some of the other financial legacy that I've helped to try to create here. So. Yeah. But a lot of our ki- our people are not getting that, and therein lies the problem. That that's what I'm trying to say. To make a long story short, yeah, I think uh, I think that I think in the black community, there are a lot of things that we are not we don't practice. I mean, you know, to some degree we vote, but we're not fully immersed in the political process, uh, and I think just that's to our own detriment at times. Uh, also. Um but but I, I just thought that was interesting, and that certainly was an interesting black fact, and that's what we've got to be concerned about. 855-525-5683 is a number. Uh, I want to get to that, and I'm going to find it, but I want to get to the interview from the officer who shot and killed a Tatiana Davis. Uh-huh. I mean, Jefferson. You'll find that interesting. But also, let me ask you a question. So you out at, do you, do you go out and eat a lot? Mm, kind of. Not do, a lot. do you typically go out to sports bars and no. watch games and stuff like that? No. Well, so let's say, for instance, you go to a, a sports bar, you and some friends. Okay. Okay. And y'all sitting down there kicking it, having a great time. Manager walks up to you and says, hey, you know, uh, well, waiter walks up to you and says, hey, uh, we need you to move because this guy over here next to y'all don't want to sit by you. Okay. Would you move? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Instantly. Well, you would? Hell no. Okay. And then, so you won't move when the waiter asks you to move, but then the manager comes up and says, No. Hey, 
Look, I need y'all move. to move. He can move. Why can't he move? Uh, I need y'all to move. My money spent just like his. Why well, he can't move? But this is a regular custom. He's there all the time. I don't give a. I don't care. So I well see. It's not about that. I just need you to move because we've had a party reserved for this area, and we can put you right over there. I move, but I'm going to move some furniture too. Okay. Well, the not reason, a problem. The Would reason you like I'm, me to move now, uh, and I'm gonna move you when I move this furniture. <laughs> the reason I'm bringing this up is because this actually happened at a Buffalo Wild Wings, okay? And the this group of people went to this Buffalo Wild Wings, and there was a white guy that was sitting beside them. He told the waiter, he said he didn't want black people sitting near him. That's an actual quote. Okay. Okay. And so the waiter had the unmitigated gall to walk up to a 15-people birthday party and say, this guy doesn't like y'all sitting by him. Excuse me, do y'all mind moving? Okay? Of course, they said no. All my right? people. My people. They said no. So then the manager comes up, and I'm going to tell you why I'm saying this, because I judge people and businesses by their patterns. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there after this story, there's a pattern here. Okay? okay, so then the manager comes up and says to the group, "Hey, do y'all mind moving? This area was reserved for a party of 18 people. Do y'all mind moving?" And the party said, "No." Come to find out, Buffalo Wild Wings does not reserve tables for people. No. Okay. Now I don't go to places like that because I think their food is terrible and 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 really it's a ripoff to be totally honest. But I understand. Hey, I ain't hating on they hustle. But here's the problem I have with this. This is the second time that a Buffalo Wild Wings. This happened in Chicago, but earlier this year in Kansas City, and I remember this story. Same thing happened. The very same thing happened. Well, there you go. Buffalo Wild Wings, no more. So I'm saying this because, see, we've got to become conscious of our dollars. All right? You know, honestly, I'm going to tell you something. I, I don't know why, but I've never had anybody come and give me any of that. Maybe I just look like I will move furniture. I don't know. I've never had anybody. Not have I. Never had anybody come to me and say, hey, Mr. I'm not, I'm not as ugly as you, but I, I, that's never happened to me either. Excuse me, sir. Could you move? Because the, the people next to you, they like to spread out. They're more than welcome to spread out. We can merge tables and they can sit with us. No, I mean, I, I've never had that happen before, man. I, I haven't either. But apparently. But if it did, just so everybody know, mm-hmm. I won't be making the show the next day. Because I am going to move some furniture up in that mm-hmm. piece. Well, that's kind of like the people, the, the I think it was 25 Deltas somewhere in Ohio <laughs> last year. They made them pay before they uh, ordered their food. Ooh. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, see, that's that's why I don't <laughs> go places like that, man. If I'm, I mean, and plus, I don't go out and watch games. But, you know, a couple of times I've went to uh, Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. and I think I've been there twice maybe. I just don't I just don't see a point to go to places like that because I think it opens up it opens you up for that kind of nonsense. Well, and I've never been to, you know, although now, I, if I if I go to Sims and they ask me to move, I really got a problem. Yeah, yeah. So can you move and then and then then in walks um uh Asa Hutchinson and his crew. Yeah. <laughs> I really got a problem, man. 
I really got a problem. <laughs> oh man, that, that's crazy. But I, I just thought that was interesting to to, uh, to see that. I'm just not honestly in this climate, man. I am not surprised. And people are, and people are saying, you know, that Trump brought this out. Nah, it's you, always it's been always there. been there. Yeah. And the thing is, is that excuse me, people are just more co- people are just more cognizant of it now than they have been in the past. Well, or people just some people to my in in, in my mind's eye, some people are looking for it. You know, more so than they have before in the past. Well, they're certainly more cognizant of it, but it's happening too. Uh, and I think people are. I think I, here's the thing: just as they are emboldened to make those racist comments, I think more and more people are emboldened to call them out. And certainly now, see, it used to be that they would make them comments. You had no evidence, right? You had no proof. Well, you got yeah, you got now, social media. Now right, you got yeah. that phone. That phone is the devil. The what did you devil. say? The phone's the devil. I'll bet you won't say that again. Yeah, the phone's the devil. You man. know. So, uh, also uh, shout out to the state of Oklahoma who has uh, officially uh, licensed a Black Wall Street license plate and to make money off of Black Wall this Street. This bothers me. So, this, this, is, this, is, this so, is, oh my God. So Come hang on, on let, me, let me see because I saw this and I- Is the I, money, money going to go to create that, another Black Wall Street? That's, that's, uh, that's, let's just Is it going to go to the, the descendants of folks of Black Wall Street? What ma- is it? What is it? Okay, I'm trying to get to the story here, Rob, because I knew you were Because yeah, I'm, I cause I'm about to cuss, Dave. Don't cuss. Don't cuss. Because I, I totally agree with you that if, the, if they're going to do this- uh, let's see. Check out story. It doesn't say this is actually the television article, uh, but it doesn't say. But if the money is not going to descendants of Black Wall Street to uh, some type of museum for Black Wall Street, no, 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 no. I'm making a list, Robert. Can ain't, I make? Can I make my list? You no. can make your own damn list. Ain't no, ain't no list, Dave. Okay. You can only do one thing with the money. Okay. You, where's you, the money going? You replace what you destroy. That's it. Nothing else, Dave. Nothing else. Okay, okay. I, I can go with that. God, I'm biting my head off. But at, at least maybe they, at least at this point. But I will tell you something. And this weekend, I was walking down the, I was walking down in the river market, mm-hmm. and my heart broke. Why? Because there wasn't any black businesses down there? No, because the Elijah, the uh, Elaine 12, mm-hmm. they put their, they put those, they put those plates down on the sidewalk. Right. And to me, that's that's symbolic. That's mm. symbolic to me. Well, not only is it symbolic, but it sends a serious message that people are still walking over them, walking on them. Mm-hmm. That 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 burned me up. Mm-hmm. That burned me up, man. That you put it right there with people. And who's who's downtown in the River Market? White folks. And who walking over them every day? White folks. Exactly. It's like insult to injury. No, I, I didn't look at it that way, but that's interesting. <laughs> it's like insult to injury. You man. have a weird. I apologize, of, Dave. I apologize. You know, yeah. But th- it does make sense. I understand. But why would you put it there? Why would you put it there where it has absolutely no significance? So did you go to the, the event itself? No. I didn't even know about it, honestly. No one else did either. Yeah, but that that's I'm sure that's probably why. It, in fact, I saw it. Where did I? I saw it. Where did they advertise it? They didn't. They didn't advertise it at all? Mm-mm. Yeah, it makes sense. <sighs> Makes sense, man. But you know what? Let me tell you what kills me about that. I don't. Have you ever read about that? Have I ever read about what? about the Elaine Twelve? Oh, of course. Let me tell you what blew my mind, man. How you going? How you going charge twelve folks with murder and only one guy got murdered? But you ain't charged nobody white 
with murder nope. when you had over th- over three hundred people who, who were murdered. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Where does that come mm-hmm. from? I mean, that just blew my mind. Uh, so they're saying, Latanya is saying the event actually, the official event is going to be this Tuesday. This Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And we got to get the professor on from uh, UALR who's done a, a lot of work in you, this. You might, you might not want to bring him yet. You might want to let let me get over this first. Well, he's just up, as upset as you are. I don't care. How is he upset? He ain't fighting it. He's, he's, There's no way. Had I known well, that, there's well, no way I would let well, them put them things downtown where people this, can walk all this over This particular professor has done yeoman's work on uncovering what actually went on. What color is he? He's black. Okay, I, I'll give him a pass. Partial pass. He's done. I give him a partial pass. He's done great work. and Partial I'll, pass. I'll pull his name up here in a moment. Not only that, he figured out that one of the, a couple of the, well, one of the men who was killed was a World War One veteran who never, and I think he was supposed to receive a purple. Purple heart. A purple heart. Yeah. You remember that story now? Yeah. What was it? Um. I want to say it was Elijah, but that wasn't who it was. And, and the event that I went to over at the Mosaic Temple um, about the Elaine, uh, the Elaine massacre, uh, he did a wonderful job of putting that together. And they're still. And my question was that day uh, was, in fact, Tanya was there as well. Where where are the bodies? And he's he's been working on trying to use some of the same technology that they're doing using in Tulsa because I think they said, I believe the last thing I read about Tulsa is that they've got an idea where the bodies are and they're getting ready to bring in some equipment or something to exhume the bodies. To, to, no, to x-ray the ground first uh, and see if that's exactly where the bodies are. But see, in the Elaine thing, those bodies have never been found. You know, right. and and the Arkansas National Guard. But if again, I what is the point of finding the bodies? I mean, what's the point of that? Well, the point what, of it. What is, can I look forward to having? Well, the point. The well, the point of, in my opinion, if if I'm a because there are still relatives who are living. If I'm a relative, I want I want to know where my relative's body is. Okay, and then more importantly, it was kind of like when you look at it from the perspective of World War Two, because see what. White supremacy and uh, the states have done has they've done a masterful job in hiding their dirt. All right. So we can talk about it. But if you remember when the U.S. soldiers first stumbled upon the 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 gas chambers and the mass graves of the Jews Mm -hmm. uh, in Germany, Mm -hmm. that made it real. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They had they had heard stories but that made it real. And to find those bodies, to find those skeletons, that will, that all of a sudden says, and to me, and this is just me saying it, that solidifies why you have to pay reparations. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's why the finding those bodies, in my opinion, are very, very important. Uh, and, and, and it needs to, they need to look for it now. Uh, in a cotton field that used to be a cemetery. Are you talking about? Um, are you talking about in Tulsa or in? Tanya says the bodies are in a cotton field that used to be a cemetery. Are you talking about in Tulsa, or are you talking about in Elaine, Tanya? Because I know you went up to Elaine. But the point is that the bodies have to be found, uh, and uh, because uh, that that area alone, this state, 
This state has never apologized. This country has never apologized. And to be able to, uh, as a matter of fact, if you go back and you look at history, it wasn't until the, uh, was it Scherner, Schroeder, Goodman, and Cheney, mm -hmm. the three civil rights workers that were murdered, right. It wasn't until they found those bodies, if you remember the story, that it became real to the nation. All, all of a sudden, so now, in '55 when Emmett Till was was bludgeoned it, and beaten to death, well, that wasn't real. It it wasn't real to wh white America. It certainly was real to Black America. Okay, but that's when 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 Mamie Till decided to leave that casket open, which was in when in retrospect, will, which was always, genius. I will always have a problem. I will. Always, let me say this, and I want to make sure I'm clear. I will always have a problem that as a black man, my issue is not important until a white agree man with says you. so. That's the most racist stuff in the world. But see, I, I totally agree with you, but that is more all the reason why black people have to press the flesh on these issues. That's why the uh, Equal Justice Initiative, that museum, with, the, with all of the, the lynchings, is such a powerful monument because it pre it makes white people look. It may even though you want to turn your head, you got to pay attention to this. You, we've even seen as of late when they go. Uh, I, I saw a story. I think it was a month or so ago where white folks were upset. I think we talked about it here on the show. Mm -hmm. They were upset because they went to this to visit this plantation, and the the story of how white folks treated slaves, they didn't like it. They they were upset. Because truth was being told. When I lived in Nashville, I never went to the Hermitage. Because the Hermitage is where, uh, I mean, they, they're still finding slave memorabilia at the Hermitage. <laughs> and Which was a president, Andrew Jackson. Yeah. So wh what I'm saying to you is that these archaeological finds and historical data has got to be revealed. Because... That's but, the only way that America is going to accept and deal with this past. If we continue to hide from it. But I'm going to say this again, man. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say nothing else after this. As a, black, as a black people, if you don't own your history, you own nothing. I agree. And that's you why black people. Nothing. But that's why black people have got to continue to press this. No ifs, ands, or buts. You don't even, own, Masonic, you don't even own the Masonic Temple. Nope, you don't. You have no right. You can nope. even put Black Lives Matter t-shirts in there. So you can miss me on all that, bro. All of it. Get mad if you want to. I hope you get mad enough to do something. Uh, tomorrow, I, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about this uh, Byron, Byron Allen. Are you familiar with what's going on with Byron Allen? I, I, I meant to watch the video this weekend, and I missed it. So there's a video of Dr. Claude Anderson and the actual video where he was on the Breakfast Club. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. All right, tomorrow, so, yeah, tomorrow. What tomorrow? Because I want to. I want to. I haven't heard what Dr. Anderson has said. Oh, okay. Has said okay. Yet, okay. Uh, so, um, so we're going to talk because I think it's important. Because what you all don't realize is that Byron Anderson now owns 11. Byron Allen. Byron Allen, I mean, uh, owns 11 television networks. That's significant. Okay, as a black man. That's significant. He's also suing Comcast. That's significant. And what's the other? And Charter Cable. That's significant. For $20 billion. That's significant. For racial discrimination. That's significant. So- before I get into it, I want to give you all an opportunity to go and watch the video. I posted both videos on my wall. Go check it out. 
and I and I certainly want to hear. I saw Dr. Claude Anderson was posted. The video was posted about him last night. Okay, and I didn't get a chance That's, to watch. Is it. that him with Boyce Watkins? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. He's on Boyce Watkins show all the time. All the time, yeah. Uh, so uh, I didn't get a chance to watch it last night, but I am going to watch it uh, tonight, uh, and we'll talk about it in depth on tomorrow. Okay, eight five 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 two five five six eight three as is the number. Uh, I'm looking for where am I? Okay couple of other things oh by the way i've been planning to say this and i'm gonna say it now Uh oh um i am tired of black explorers misery merchants well misery merchants that's all they are misery merchants well no this is a different type and and when i tell you who this is you'll understand you gonna gonna name names yeah i'm gonna name his name okay and I'm, then I'm going to tell him to kiss my ass. Okay. And he's a popular person. Okay. Uh, people love him. He has, he's, he has this lovable uh, uh, demeanor, so to speak. But here's what I'm tired of. I'm tired of black people who, for whatever reasons, were able to get the come-ups and have made money and then will go and join forces with white people who have over the decades, discriminated and abused us and openly done so, and then you want to run around and be his spokesperson. That person that I'm talking about is Shaquille O'Neal. Okay? Huh? Oh, you haven't heard? Uh Uh-uh. So Shaquille O'Neal now, you know he is part of Papa John's. Yeah. Okay, he is on the board of directors at Papa John's. Okay, the same Papa John's that openly discriminated against workers and black people. Yeah, who supported Donald Trump. So Shaq has joined the board of directors. Okay, John Snatter, who is the founder of Papa John's, even though he is no longer the chairman of the board, still reaps the benefit every time you spend a dollar on Papa John's. Okay. Every time you spend a dollar on Papa John's. Okay. So now Shaquille O'Neal, I read a story over the weekend that Shaquille O'Neal is trying to get a Papa John's in every HBCU in the country. Okay. okay. So you tend and who somebody turned down a million dollars that Snatter had donated to him, a black college. Right. Yeah. Okay. Which I was proud of. That was right after it. Yeah. Right. So the college of Kentucky. So exactly. Exactly. I am sick and tired just because you have a lovable face that you think that you can make money and manipulate your own people and continue to put money in John Snyder's pocket, even though he's a racist. It is despicable. It is. It is disgusting. It is. It is one of those situations where if there was a drop squad, your big, long, lanky, 300-pound butt need to be dropped because this is disgusting to me. To me, this is no different than, than Jay-Z and the NFL. In fact, it's worse because what he's basically done, and they've been running the commercials, he's basically done is taken over as a spokesman for John Snatter, mm-hmm. the same racist who te- openly said he doesn't care about black people who don't want to pay people a decent wage. Now, let me juxtapose to you another pizza maven 
Okay, let me just read this to you. He donated to Trump's campaign. This is John Snatter. Cut workers' hours to avoid paying health insurance. So remember when the affordable health care came about, mm-hmm. if you worked a certain amount of hours, you the company had to pay for your health had insurance. Had to provide life insurance. Okay. Right. Health insurance. So to keep from paying the health insurance, and I don't know if you've ever seen his, his pad. Have you ever seen it? Mm-mm. I'll, I'll, I'll show you here in a moment because this ticked me off, okay? Okay. Found guilty of wage and theft for not paying players uh, employees overtime. Threatened to raise pizza prices to keep shareholders happy. This is John Snatter. This is the person that Shaquille O'Neal is representing. I don't give a damn if he did play for the Lakers. I don't give a damn if he does have a big smile and has he has this big front on about how much he cares for kids and so on and so forth. He's done some great things in our community. But look, just because you do one thing that's good, that doesn't absorb you for when you screw up. You understand what I'm saying? And people are giving him a pass on this. So let me tell let me tell you about uh, Mike Illich. Have you ever heard of Mike Illich? I have not. Have you ever heard of Little Pete's Little Caesars? Yep. Mike Illich is the founder of Little Caesars. Okay. Okay. Here's Mike Illich. He quietly paid for Rosa Parks' rent for years until she passed. Did you know that? I did not. I knew this. This man paid for Rosa Parks' rent until she passed. Ran a charity for the homeless that was recognized by Reagan, Bush, and Clinton. Received the Secretary's Award for his philanthropic work with veterans. Now, you tell me who I'm going to support. You tell me who I'd rather have on my black college campus. It sure as hell not, uh, it sure isn't, isn't uh, Papa John's, but we get so caught up in these, 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 I don't know what you call them. These black people who get to come up and then just because a white person signs a check and says, hey, go represent me. Oh, we love, we're going to go buy Papa John's. Man, this is the most ignorant and this is why we can't come up. Uh, Dave, I don't disagree with you, my brother, but it is important that you understand that Shaq is a capitalist. Shaq is not a community advocate. Shaq is not a politician. I totally Shaq agree. Shaq is a businessman. Right. Now, so when that businessman rolls up into hold on, our no, community hold on, hold on, hold on, and hold starts on, that mess. I'm going back to what I'm going back to my point. Mm-hmm. He's not a businessman. Now, if he wants to put a Papa John's on every black campus, mm-hmm. I'm so cool with that. Just as long as a black man own them. If a black man own the franchise, I'm down with it. I'm down with it. Don't you're not going to own a franchise on that college campus. That's going to be owned by that college. No, that not, mo- they have they have things that they don't own on campus. Well, a Papa John's is not going to be one of them. Why would that's going to be that's going to go through the college. You have to get you have to get specific permission from those colleges. That's fine. That's not a and, problem. Dave. And that's not an individual thing. That's. That's, that, that's that, not a problem, Dave. So, my point is. What's your point, Rob? My point is, you know, sometimes we get so upset that we forget that, hey, you know, at the end of the day, this thing's still about making money. Mm-hmm. We still got to have some money at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, you can make money somewhere else. You got it. You Papa still got to eat. I, I'm now, not supporting Papa Little John's. Caesars. Little Caesars. I ain't, I ain't got no issue with Little Caesars. But let me tell you, Papa John's pizza, to me, just tastes better than Little Caesars. Uh, so no, they don't. I apologize, man. Well, you know what? I can't really say because I haven't eaten Papa John's in years. Well. And that's by design. In fact, when I was at Dale, we would have the periodically they would go buy Papa John's 
and, and you wouldn't even eat it. And I wouldn't eat it. And you, it was free. You such a racist. No. You're a racist. I'm a Dave. conscious black Dave, person. You're a racist. No. Dave, I'm a conscious Dave, black person. You're a racist. Okay. So let me ask you something. The All KKK right. opens up a pizza joint. You gonna go pay them? If they got good pizza, I might buy one. Oh God. What, Dave? Okay. I'm a capitalist. I try to get a franchise. Because you know what? You know why I'm gonna mm. get a franchise? Because I know black folk gonna buy it. Black folk mm. don't care who own nothing. Mm. When they start caring, Dave. See, see. Seriously, yeah. when did they start caring? That's the problem. I'm You're just making, saying. Thank you for making my point. I'm just saying. Black yeah. folk don't care. I'm gonna get my uh, eat yeah. on. I'm make, gonna get my. I'm yeah. gonna get my profit on too, because I know black folk coming. Yeah, make thank you. You make my point. That's that's. I'm exactly, just saying that therein me. Therein lies the problem. It really is. Therein lies the problem that we are so unconscious of our own self worth that we're willing to sell our souls just to be comfortable. I mean, Dave, do you know how much crap black people deal with in America? Every day, mm-hmm. and when you want a Papa John's pizza, you Dave, want a Papa we deal John's with crap, day. We deal with crap every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, it ain't a day goes by we ain't dealing with some racial, racial or racist piece of something. Dave, this, I mean, you know what, man? You and I, we have an opportunity to vent every day for two hours. Mm-hmm. Other black folks don't have that. We get an opportunity to say whatever we want to say right here every day from twelve to two. A lot of black folks can't do that, bro. Well. Robert, you're about to get on my nerves because you telling too much truth. <laughs> I didn't say that. Thank you, Latanya. I know Tanya said that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, and Tanya, I did see where the white nationalist was plant pain, uh, doing a propaganda video in front of the new Emmett Till sign. But see, here's the bottom line on that. See, if we were conscious... There should have been someone out there on guard on that sign. And when they showed up with their BS and they and they Confederate flag, there should have been 200, 300, 500 Negroes out there ready to raise hell with them. Okay? I'm telling you, you can only be abused and exploited if you allow yourself to be abused and exploited. And sometimes you got to grow up and sometimes you got to wake up. And we know that these white supremacists are crazy. But, hey, we don't care. As long as we can go, go to Walmart. I'm just saying. Man, I, I'm often frustrated. And then the reason I'm frustrated, really, is because I think to some degree our view is so limited on what we should be doing. I agree. It's so limited. I mean, you know, we got people working in different in different different modalities doing different things, but the unfortunate thing about it is that it's not a collective effort. It's not no. an independent collective effort. And I wish I could I wish we could see more of that. That's well, what disappoints me. It's not an independent collective effort, and I agree with you. But also, it's one of those things that you got to want change. You know, even though you may not have ever experienced it, you got to. And I and I I I have a saying that I tell when I do my rites of passage camps with the young people. I and I had a picture that I won. It was a portrait of a little baby. And I won it at a cooking contest in Memphis about 25 years ago. And it was so profound that I used it when my kids, and I use it with my kids today. Dare to be different because you're destined to be great. We as black people have got to take a dare. You know, it's like you're a capitalist, right? At least that's what you say you are. The bottom line is that if you don't ever take a chance on being a capitalist, then you'll never be successful. To put it down, let's break it down to another way. If you're on the blackjack table and you never take a chance on betting the big money 
then you're still going to be relegated to making those $5 bets. Yeah. If you never take a chance on bet that $100 or that 50 or you double down or you split those aces, then you're never going to make the big money. And what black people have got to start doing, we've got to start reaching. Okay? We've got to start reaching for, the, you know, and I don't want to be corny. I'm not going to say reaching for the sky. I, 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 we got to, because that's, that's corny. We got to start reaching for truth. We got to start reaching for success. And if all of us start pulling together and working with one another, and next hour, we're about to go to a break, but, you know, there, there is a, a company that's having a black business week. So as you get closer and get ready to buy for the holidays, how much money are you going to spend with black businesses? Every day, I'm going to mention that because I want to identify black businesses. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a black business. I got product. You want a Christmas gift? I can get one for you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to show them to you. But all of us have got to start spending some money with black people to empower them. I'm telling you. you know, my biggest, and I'm vamping right now, but my biggest thrill is to pay Jemiah Ivey. You That's get that, cool. right? I get that, yeah. I get a thrill every home game that we've had that when that Saturday morning when she calls me and I know what she's calling, where can we meet? I say, come down to the station. And my biggest thrill is to see her eyes light up when I give her that money for hard that game. Hard days work for hard days pay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because not only that, it's a black business that's paying her and we're playing, paying a black child. Create more, create more opportunities. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah, not only are we yeah. creating, giving her money, but we're also educating on her on the radio business. Yeah. That's yeah. a thrill to me. I agree. We I ought agree. to be, that's what we've got to do. Because here's a young lady who was thinking about going into uh, culinary, which she probably still is. Right. But now she's going to have a, a, a gigantic backup. Right. Because if she learns what we do here, right. just on a modicum of a level, yeah. she's going to be able to go anywhere and get a job in America. She can use it again, yeah. She can use it again. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, without any uh, any training except hands-on training, which is right. the most important. Right. That's true, yeah. That's what we got to do, That's man. Yeah. I don't disagree, bro. No. I'm just saying. Shout out to Dave Coleman for hooking that up. I'm just saying. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just simply saying is that that's what we've got to start doing in the black community. We have but got to start. But if you brag, it don't mean nothing, Dave. If you brag, it's cool. What do you mean it don't mean nothing? It don't mean nothing if you brag, but I'm proud of you for what but you I'm did. Not, that's big, I'm man. not trying to brag. Shut up, I'm just, you, Yeah, you need, the, you need this, man. But I'm just, I'm just. Dave, stop. Everybody give a shout out to my boy Dave Coburn. Way to go, dog. J, Dave Coburn and JC. Way to go, dog. But uh, Shout it out is to y'all. Much love, man. Much love. But anyway, next hour we're going to talk about this disturbing job interview video released by the former cop Aaron Dean, who killed a Tatiana Jefferson. Job interview. Yeah, before he got the job, you know, he wasn't. He didn't get this job until he was thirty-two. Jeez, maybe he shouldn't have been a cop to begin with. Bingo. Yeah. Wait till you hear this. Okay. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices on joinedradio.com.
Furniture Depot is your back-to-school headquarters. All college students, fraternities, and sororities get a two-piece living room set for only $3.99 or take advantage of our four-piece living room special, which includes sofa, love seat, chair, and ottoman for only $5.99. Quantities are limited. Who done it? The butler done it. Butler Furniture Depot. Or what about an extra thick queen-size mattress, full or queen-size, for only $2.98 or an Ashley Signature four-piece bedroom set for $4.99. $4.99 or a five-piece dinette set for only $1.99. Huge selections and savings are going on at Butler Furniture Depot, your back-to-school headquarters. Call 562-8333 for direction. Who done it? The Butler done it. And Butler's Furniture Depot, hablamos español. Who done it? The Butler done it. Butler Furniture Depot. Hi, this is Alvin from Habibi's 4317 East Broadway in North Little Rock. We still have the green top at your very next stop. The same great service, but more of it. Give us a call, 501-663-1553 or 664-2992. Or call our toll-free number, 1-877-HABIBI-1. Diapers, pull-ups, hospital beds, wheelchairs, Simply Fit, diabetic supplies, underpads, and more. Your durable medical supply center. Hi, I'm attorney Deodor Thompson from the Thompson Law Firm, and I want to help with your legal matter. Whether it's criminal defense, bankruptcy, personal injury, or family law, I want to help you. I can be reached at 501-503-5095. Don't face your legal issues alone. You need an attorney whose primary objective is providing you with the best legal representation. Our office address is 415 North McKinley, Suite 710 in Little Rock. I'm attorney Deodor Thompson, and I want to provide you with the best legal representation. I'm so glad I found a kick above. It's like my very own personal training studio. A kick above removed the guesswork and intimidation and offered me a very supportive and structured environment specific to my personal goals. Kim Leverett and her certified personal trainers even offered nutritional guidelines for my personal workout. It's about me at a kick above. Call 501-868-8850 or go to a kickabove.com. Now, what am I wearing tonight? Thanks to a kick above, I look marvelous. Serving the families of Clark County and the surrounding area since 1966, it's Mitchell Funeral Home. Understanding that a funeral is a celebration of life, the entire staff of Mitchell Funeral Home takes great pride in the caring, personal, and professional service they offer. Cremations, funeral plannings, burial policies, life insurance, notary, and monument sales are a few of the services we offer. Mitchell Funeral Home, Arkadelphia, 870-246-2611. Mitchell Funeral Home. Quality you can appreciate, service you can depend on. You got it. England and Ethel Rock's answer to your aggravation. The views and opinions expressed today on Black Focus Radio So 
Welcome to Black Focus, the show designed with our community in mind, where we focus on our issues, developing our solutions, using our voices. Central Arkansas, surrounding areas, and the nation. Get ready. Black Focus starts right now. Phone lines open at 855-525-5683. So here's your host, David W. Coleman and Robert Webb. All right, welcome back to the second hour of the show, Black Focus Radio, Our Issues, Our Solutions, Our Voices. 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with me if you want to join the show, and I certainly hope you will. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Certainly we'll talk a little bit about uh, this guy who killed uh, Tatiana Jefferson. We were listening to the interview in the break, and although we didn't get to the full context of it, but... We'll talk about that a little bit this hour as well, along with some um, uh, apparently the 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 racial epitaph that the teacher uh, wrote on her Facebook page at East Tim. Apparently, she didn't really write it. It was faked. <sighs> Y'all get that right. That black man hung himself. Nobody hung him. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying that black man hung you himself. Know, Nobody hung him. I'm not saying. I'm he just saying. He put himself up on that rope. He pulled himself up in know, that tree and he kicked the stool from uh, under know, his feet. That black man hung himself. Now in here, that tree. Now here's the interesting thing in the about air. that. He hung himself tied to knot. He hung himself. Yeah. Yeah. I know this guy who lives in Little Rock, who has been because you know. Aren't the STEM, aren't those schools still under public purview? To some degree, but they don't, they don't enforce anything. But they are, they take public money, taxpayers' they do dollars, they do right? They take public money. Yeah. So if you take taxpayers' dollars, then you are under public purview, okay? Which means, under the law, you are subject to FOIs. You are? I know this guy who can be a thorn in your side, mm-hmm. a smell in your bathroom, a, a rock in your shoe, mm-hmm. who has been getting or been trying to get FOIs about information related to those e-stems for quite some time, mm-hmm. and they refuse to turn them over. They can't. They get public money. How can, they can't refuse. Well, I'm saying that guy we know with him is, is Russ Raycom. I know. So... The fascinating thing is how they continue and uh, continue to to keep obfuscating their records and so on and so forth. So, but but according to KATV, just so y'all that's if you're not aware, an East Elm administrator will return to work after authorities say an alleged racial slur posted on social media was found to be a fake post, according to an email from the school. I thought I thought that my account had been hacked. I thought that was an old excuse that doesn't fly anymore. No. Okay. No. CEO John Bacon explained in the email that after searching the administrator's social media accounts and personal devices, the extensive investigation concluded that the administrator's social media account was not hacked. Okay? According to school, the the investigation found that the post was a doctored image 
that was shared as a fake screenshot made to look like it had come from the administrator's page. The administrator will return to ESTEM in the charter management office in an effort to minimize disruption for students and faculty at the school for the remainder of the year. Originally, the ESTEM administrator was placed on administrative leave following the alleged Facebook post. In other words, nothing to see here. Nothing, nothing to see here. Y'all believe that? I told you, Dave, that black man hung himself in that tree, <laughs> 20 feet up in the air. He hung himself and he tied a knot. Mm. He tied that knot and hung himself. He committed suicide. And he tied in that such tree. a good knot. Such a too. great knot. You know. What what was baffling to me is how he was able to come down off that tree and tie that knot around that tree. That was really amazing. Well, the magic well, Negro. They did build the pyramids. Did yeah. They not? The magic they Negro. Did, they they you know did how build that the goes. Pyramids. So. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not surprised that she didn't do it, Dave. Why would they accuse that wonderful white woman of doing such a hideous mm. thing? Yeah. She mm. would never do that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh. people going to leave their kids at East Tim, I guarantee you. That's how uh, black folks are. They forgiven. Yep. White people kill your whole family, and all you got to say is, I'm going to pray for you. Kill your family and take your land. I'm going to pray for you. I hope God finds mm-hmm. mercy up on you as I have. Yeah, you uh-huh. know, Dylan Roof, you know, I, I didn't I didn't know it until last week that I saw this piece where, you know, before Dylan Roof was even uh, uh, charged, they had already said he had, they were going to forgive him. They had a, they had a prayer vigil. And they even prayed for Dylan Roof at the prayer vigil. Ain't no way. I didn't know that. I ain't forgiven. I ain't forgiven like that. I'm telling you, I got the same mentality America got when it comes to all that stuff. I do too. You can call me flawed as you want, but that's you, why I celebrate you, my hero. I believe in an eye for an eye. Mcca- you take mine, I'm gonna take yours. That's why I celebrate my hero, man. Just like they celebrate their hero. Mm, they celebrated don't. killing a man who looked like me. I was a little confused. Mm. Now people say he didn't look nothing like you. He was dark skinned. We celebrate death, and then it's okay to celebrate some deaths and not all. Come on, really? Why y'all get to decide who we celebrate, who we don't? I'm gonna celebrate who I want to celebrate. You get mad, you get mad. So be it. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Right now, did what? So in in acquiring those stations, I'll need to read this article. I'm wondering this saying Byron Allen, because you know the griot. Read the article, man. Quit trying to quit trying to do that. No, man. I, I'll read that in a minute. I, I I saw that as a side article, but the article that I want to get to is um, we've talked about that. But the article that I want to get to is your boy Van Jones. You you remember him, right? You like Van? He's a good man, brother. Don't do me today. He's don't, a good. Don't he, do me today. He's a good brother. Don't today. Why would you want to do me today? Because it's Monday. Go ahead. Man. He's a good brother. Go ahead, man. And D.L. Hughley uh, decided that they were going to take good old Van to task, and rightfully so. And I'm trying to find D.L.'s quote. So uh, this week, Van. So did you hear what Van? You know, I'm not. A, I'm gonna be honest with you. I w- I'm not voting for Kamala Harris. I'm not. Now if if she ends up getting the nomination, which she's not, I'd probably vote for. I ain't vote for but I, ever. I, I got a problem voting for Kamala Harris. I ain't vote for Kamala but, or Corey. No, I ain't vote for Corey either. This this love campaign or Warren either. or you know, Pete. Well, well, 
Well, or uh, Pete Buttigieg, the, the 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 fake the fake civil rights activist. Yeah, I ain't don't get me him. on him. I ain't vote for him. Uh, uh, but Van you, Jones, you can't even deal with people in your own neighborhood. I know you ain't gonna be able to deal with people nowhere else. I'm done with you. You can't deal with black folks in in, in uh, uh South, South Bend. South Bend. Mm. I ain't got nothing for you, player. Deuces. I'm chucking you the deuces, player. But D.L. Hughley, by the way, their show, their live show, is now uh, has been moved. It was at one point on. Um, on um, Roland Station, News One, it's no longer on that station. So he's looking a place, uh, and DL has been just really live, and I know that's probably scaring a lot of the advertisers. But again, you don't own your own, so they can dictate what goes on on your shows. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now this week, Van Jones publicly scolded Democratic presidential candidate Kamala Harris for not wanting to attend an event where President Trump was set to receive an award. Mm-hmm. Did you hear what I just said? Okay. Okay. Van Johnson. Van Jones. Van Jones, okay. Right. You know who Van Jones yeah. is, right? Okay. All right, but D.L. Hughley is pointing out all the reasons why he thinks uh, that was a foul move on Jones's part. And I'm glad he's pointing this out because at one point I was a fan of Van Jones, but boy, has he shown his stripes. Okay. According to Mediate, over the weekend, Harris confirmed that she would be pulling out of the second step presidential justice forum at Benedict College, explaining that given Trump's track record uh, of his racist behavior, she did not feel comfortable watching him get honored at an HBCU. She also took issue with the fact that only seven actual students from the school itself were even allowed to attend the event. Did you hear about this? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, those of you who don't know, last week, Benedict College gave Donald Trump an award, but it sent emails out, and I had planned to cover this last week, and we had so many other things we covered. But they sent emails out that students were to stay in the dorms; they were not allowed to attend this event. Now, how the hell are you gonna have some? Every college that I've ever been to, whether I attended it or was just visiting. Anything that comes on that campus is open to the students, okay? And how is it that you don't want the president the, to be open to the students, okay? Now, Harris later agreed to attend the forum after her boycott against the uh, president led to the removal of the sponsor that was planning to give Trump the award. But in the interim, uh, before the matter was settled, Jones denounced Harris's stance, saying that running away from a conversation has never solved anything. Some people will abandon a microphone because they don't like the person who touched it last. Others are smart enough to grab the microphone and make sure they get the last word. Now, that's what Jones said, okay? This week, in response to the commentator, uh, Hughley dedicated a whole five minutes on the D.L. Hughley show blasting both Trump and Jones over the controversy. The comedian and talk show host started off by noting the issue with only seven Benedict students being invited to attend Trump's speech. Now, you know why they didn't invite the whole student body, right? They didn't agree with it. Not only that, they'd have booed his ass off that campus, okay? Just like they did at the World Series, just like they did this past weekend at the MMA event that was in New York City. But according to D.L., even when he gave a speech at an HBCU, he stuffed the ballot box. He made sure that there were 200 of his supporters 
and only seven of those students were allowed to be there. Then he pivoted to Jones. Almost any time Van Jones is somewhere and you're a black person, you'd be wise to use to be on the other side of it. Now, I have no idea what has happened to this cat. I don't know what he believes, but he maligned Kamala Harris for refusing to sit in a room and be used as a prop like he seems to do so eloquently. Okay. He also believed it is absurd that Trump even gave a speech at an HBCU after he used the word lynching in talking about him being impeached. Noting that the president passed demands that the exonerated Central Park Five be executed and rolling back Obama's Obama era reforms made him the last person who needed to be honored in front of black people. So what he does is use black people for optics and Van Jones and people like him make it so easy. Trump is a matter of pretending to do something, and he's always abated by men like you, honest-looking men who pretend like they have the people's best interest at heart and meanwhile make us look worse and do worse, which you have done, Van. You should be ashamed of yourself. And I could not agree with D.L. Hughley more. You malign her because she refused to do what you did. Shine his shoes. Pow! DL wasn't playing. And the whole point is that we need to have more people calling out these people about this ignorance. That drop squad thing is real here. Van Jones is a candidate. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Somebody needs to drop squad him. Because as soon as he got the job on CNN, all of a sudden he wanted to be this love candidate. And he wanted to bring everybody together. I'm tired of you black folks telling me that we got to come together when they ain't coming together. Okay? I'm not doing it. I'm not falling for it. I'm not going to follow you. I'm not going to watch. Man, I, at one point, I, if you remember, I was planning to get Van Jones on the show because of some stances he had taken. What happened to that Van Jones? I, I mean. He trying to keep his job, Negro. Well, I guess so. But I, I want to thank D.L. Hughley for calling him out. By the way, a Connecticut police officer has retired after a civil rights organization raised concerns about his membership in a far-right group known for engaging in violent clashes at political rallies. Now, why is the police in one of those groups? Can you answer that question for me, Robert? Why would police be in a far-right organization that uh, causes violence at uh political rallies why would yeah, a police do. do that's what they do just you and tell pro there's just an irony to that there's just an irony no to that. irony at all um, brother yeah i know i'm being facetious that's just crazy 855-525-56 i'm telling you folks these people have lost their minds also we talked a little bit about this last week and we're just kind of catching you up on what happened over the weekend uh, there's a the Nation, which is a national publication, has finally started. And Robert, if you get a chance, in fact, I'm gonna go ahead and tag you on this. Um, the fraternal order of police must go. Which 
brings me to my next question. Are we going to get the, the police on the show? The FOP on the show? Yeah, they I need to reach out to them today and see if we can get them on this week. Because I would love to hear their argument because, see, there is a movement across this country. We talked a little bit of, about it last week. There is a movement across this country that says if there is a candidate that is voting, that is endorsed by the Fraternal Order of Police, then you should vote against them. Say it again. If there is a candidate that is endorsed by the Fraternal Order of Police, then you should vote against them. I think that's a I think that's a very good comment. But let's not forget, let's not forget. You can't just do the, you can't single the police out now. Them little red fire engine trucks, you gotta add them in that mix too. You can't single out just the police, y'all. Come on now. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, but them little them people them little red fire fire engine trucks, they ain't shooting and killing us. It don't matter. And 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 and, and the other thing is that when they shoot and kill us, they're not being defended or the victim is not being attacked by their union that's where this is coming from you can't single them out though well i understand what you're saying but from this perspective the whole point is that the heat just like it's all of a sudden been turned up on the national rifle association because here's the problem i have i understand unions certainly i do I've never been in one, but I certainly understand them. I I grew up and my mom was in one, and I understood all of that stuff. I understand what unions have done for the working public, and a lot of people need to go back and look at the history of what unions. You got a 40-hour work week because of unions. You get vacation because of unions. You get minimum wages because of unions. You get sick pay and health care because of unions. All of that stuff is good stuff, but at some point, you cannot defend the indefensible, okay? And just like when uh, when Tatiana Harris uh, Jefferson was killed in in Fort Worth, it was the union who decided to float that gun out there. It was the union when Botham John was killed to say, "Oh well, they smell marijuana," and try to assassinate his character. At some point, see, and I, I've said this over and over again. The police have got to do a public relations campaign and not just to make themselves look good, but to be acting on what they say their values are. Okay? And that's 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 justice for all. And when your officer commits a crime, at some point, instead of you trying to attack the victim or victims, you need to go to that officer and say, Hey, you need to do a male culpa, dog. I'll defend you. But there are certain limits that we can make or we can take. Would you agree with that? I agree. So I just think what's happening now is that they're getting a backlash. And it's a huge backlash. And it's across the country. We read the story last week about that very thing. So we'll see what happens as it goes forward. But I tend to agree with you, man. If they they are a... uh, if they're being endorsed, I don't care if you're black or white, because that says to you, if they endorse, it's like this. If I'm a black candidate and David Duke says, hey, I want to endorse David Coleman, I'm going to come out and say, no, dude, I don't want your endorsement. 
That's what you need to be doing. But anyway, 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with us. Guess who gets the support of the FOP, but never gets, but uh, guess who doesn't get the support of FOP on the Little Rock City Board? Take a guess. White candidates versus black candidates. Hello. Exactly. Hello. Exactly. So, well, Russ won't be getting the support of the FOP when he runs. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'll be happy to go. 855 is the number. Another controversy over the weekend. Did you go see Harriet? See who? Harriet. No, I didn't. The story forgot, of Harriet. I talking. forgot about it. I did not. Uh, you know, I, I went to Trey Sands thing on Friday, man. It was pretty Oh, by the nice, way, I want to talk about that. It was really yeah. nice. Uh, but the reason I'm bringing up Harriet is because this has been wrought with controversy from the time it has come out. Yeah. And the controversy started with the fact that um, the woman who's playing Harriet, Although she's black, although she ain't black enough, she apparently ain't black enough because she's not from America. She's from Great Britain. Okay, so black people started started lobbing bombs at this film because the black woman that was playing Harriet Tubman is not from America, and there is no way because she was from Great Britain that she could understand the history of slavery and white imperialism by being from Great Britain. When you don't realize blacks in Great Britain have less rights than blacks in America. I'm just saying. Right. right. Okay. And as a matter of fact, every person that has brown skin that came from the continent of Africa, and that's every person, suffered under white imperialism. So that argument was stupid to me. Then you had this cute little thing on Facebook with nice, cute little lips talking about how she don't think. And then you heard some rappers talking about, well, they, we, don't, we tired of slave movies. So this, this argument started when Nat Turner's movie, uh, Birth of a Nation, came out. Yeah, they tired of slave movies to show blacks in the positive light. If you want to see, if you want to see blacks getting beat down, being portrayed as drug dealers, yeah, we don't care about that. We just don't want to see black positive stuff. Yeah, that, I dig that. Yeah, that, I dig how you can want how you can want that. Yeah, so, you, so, so you want a New Jack City a remake? We won't do no more slavery when y'all stop putting out them dumbass rap songs. Yeah, and the, and those movies about drug dealers and that's prison, it. that's it, and we'll jail. Stop. We'll stop when you stop. Okay, but the argument I've been making for the longest is this. And just what you just said. So people like Denmark Vesey, people like Harriet Tubman, people, all of those people, all those those great heroes, Nat Turner, all of those great heroes yeah, that yeah. stood the test of time. As a matter of fact, last Friday, if you remember, what was what was the the black fact? It was about the rebellion of eighteen twenty one in New Orleans. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So yeah. you don't want to hear about those, right? That's the stupidest. To me, that's what Obama was talking about. Is that you are? You, that's called educated foolery, as far as I'm concerned. So you would that rather, ain't, ain't nothing educated about that. Well, I, I agree. That's, just that's why it's foolery. For no reason at all. So you don't want to hear about any of the heroes because see what you don't understand is that there were more heroes in slavery than you know because they kept it hidden. And now that these stories are finally coming out, because if you remember, who was uh, was it Bachman who uh, who was a sitting congresswoman who said that the slaves were happy, they right. didn't rebel. You all don't want any counter to that. Right. That's stupid. Who, are, who is teaching you people this? So now the next controversy about Harriet Tubman 
And I haven't seen it, okay? But there are two. One is that I believe the, the artistic director, although the writer was black, a black woman, the artistic director was a white woman, mm-hmm. okay? Or the historical director or something like that. And according to what I've read over the weekend is that one of the main antagonists who was chasing Harriet Tubman was a black man. Mm-hmm. And I, they, they, they used the film to put black men in a negative light. So let me just say this, you know, because, you know, I've told you all over and over again that uh, John Brown is one of my favorite heroes. He's a white guy. Nat Turner is one of my favorite. Of all of those that I learned about, Nat Turner was my favorite. But let me tell you how Nat Turner was defeated. He was defeated because a black person turned him in. Let me tell you how John Brown was defeated at Harper's Ferry. He was defeated because a black person turned him in. Black Judas. Okay. So like Judas. My point is this. Because when you're historically ignorant, you will make stupid comments like that and think it makes sense when you're historically ignorant. Okay? The fact of the matter is that many of those slaves unfortunately were hunted by other slaves. Do you hear what I just said? Yep. Many of the ex-escaped slaves were haunted by other slaves. Oh, you don't believe that's true? We just talked about Van Jones. You get that, right? Ben Carson. Ben Carson. Stacy Dash. I mean, the list go who those stupid preachers uh, that 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 that's with Trump. What about uh, uh, burnt coal and spider spit? Yep. You know, my point being is Kanye that, West. Uh, oh, what a oh man! Don't get me on him because I mean, for what you saying, Shaquille O'Neal. A uh, Shaquille O'Neal. My point being is this. There has always been a time in history where blacks did dirt to other blacks to pacify massa. That's a historical fact. And the fact that Harriet Tubman had a black person hunting Harriet, uh, 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 hunting her, that movie, I don't see that that is an issue that you can be upset with. Well. Man, I gotta be truthful because I just couldn't. I just can't live here today if I didn't say this. America wants you to adore the people who were nonviolent. They don't want you to adore people who had who had violent tendencies. I agree. They want you to, to adore the people who, to some degree, they felt like they could step on, they could trample and, and abuse. So yeah, you're not gonna hear about you're not gonna hear about people of substance. And I'm not saying these other folks aren't people of substance. My point is, America wants black folks to be docile. They don't want you to fight back. They want you to just take this abuse. Just take it. That's what they tell you when the police shoot you. Just shut up and take it some more. 
Just take it because you did something wrong. That's why you got shot, right? So my thing is, I say the same thing to white people when my boy Malik Johnson shot and killed Mikhail Johnson. I'm not even saying it right. I'm not saying it right. But when he shot and killed those police officers, they did something wrong. He is my hero, and I'm really disappointed they shot and killed him. I'm really disappointed. Because the thing is, is that people people in America, they got a, they got a serious double standard. When those yes, folks flew that plane in that building, they flew that plane in that building, everybody was everybody wanted to be an American. Mm-hmm. And we we all is one. Mm-hmm. Well, what's what's interesting about that now is is that I am being terrorized every day. Yep. And ain't nobody saying a word. And when my hero shoots and kills my enemy, people get mad at me, telling me, you can't do that. Well, you did it. You celebrated your enemy being murdered. Why well, I can't celebrate my enemy being murdered. And people who saying police shouldn't be your enemy, as long as the police terrorize communities that look like ours, as long as they terrorize it and don't apologize for it and continue to do it and then tell you, in essence, to go F yourself, yeah, those guys will continue to be my heroes. Now, if you want me, right, if you want me to be your supporter, policemen, then do something that's worth supporting because I can't see anything you're doing right now that's worth supporting. If you're wrong and you see other cops who are doing wrong things, you cannot be a good cop if you turn your head. You're just as bad as he is. I agree. So, yeah. Come on, y'all. Wake up. Don't ask me to do. Don't ask me to do what you're not willing to do. Peace. Very well put, Mister Mister Webb. Kate Clifford Clifford Lawson is listed as a historical consultant on the new Harriet Tubman movie. She's the white lady I was talking about. Many people have concerns about the film because the use of a black bounty hunter uh, who was completely made up as part of the story in the film. Okay. It's a film, number one. And number two, although he may have been made up, I would not be surprised if historically, if we could go back and trace, that there were black bounty hunters chasing or used as dogs to chase slaves. In fact, I'm, I know damn well that happened. Just on my research, I know that happened, okay? Uh, the idea that Harriet Tubman was being chased by a black man has offended quite a few people and led to numerous conversations about the origin of the film. Okay, it's a film. It's not a documentary. And by the way, although we know the story of Harriet Tubman because she lived to a ripe old age, we still have no documentation of everything that went on. Okay? But I know y'all want to have, y'all okay with, what's the number one movie or, or show you're watching right now? Okay, and I'm going to tell you, I didn't originally watch this show, but I started watching it because so many people were talking about it, and I wanted to see what is going on. I had refused to watch Empire because Empire was on Fox, and I'm not, I don't watch, I won't watch a football game on Fox, okay? But the number one show, and you know what I'm talking about, is Power. All of y'all watch it. What is that show about? Because the reason I watched it is because I wanted to make sure that I understand, understood its dynamics. It's about drug dealing. 
It's about a man, a black man, by the way, which you're upset about stereotypes, but every one of you all are watching power. It's about a black man who is killing black people, who is poisoning black neighborhoods so that he can become a front as a do-gooder. That's really what it boils down to. But every one of you black folks out there, in the sound of my voice, is watching power. And the reason I know you're watching it, I, you know what, I don't even really have to follow the, the series because every Monday morning, I can get, a, a, I can get a, an encapsulated version of what went on. I haven't watched Power maybe three times this year, but I, I already know what the ending is. I already know what happened Saturday, uh, what was it, last night? The reason I know is because you all posted it. So every one of you all can talk to me about Power, which is nothing more than a black man who is selling drugs and destroying his own community and also to the point where he's destroyed his own damn family. Yeah. He's had a daughter murdered. He's got a son that is, is following in his footsteps. And he's killed just about everybody else around him. Even the woman that loved him. But y'all, it's okay for you all to watch Power and get on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and all of this stuff and talk about what, 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 uh, a, a ghost should be doing or what ghosts would have done but not not now one of y'all and yeah I said now one reinforce the stereotype is willing to talk about Harriet Tubman reinforce the stereotype brother reinforce the stereotype so y'all are hypocrites reinforce the stereotype you're not upset about power you're not upset about New Jack City you're not upset about these rappers putting out these lyrics, many of them who never participate in the gang activity but front it and got your kids in the gang activities while they're sending their kids to Harvard and getting degrees and they making money off of the misery of their own people. But y'all want to criticize Harriet Tubman, something that is based on history? Y'all are damn crazy. And no wonder we're getting what we get. You ought to, look, wait a minute. You all packed the studios to go see to go see uh, Black Panther, something that wasn't even real. You dressed up. You had your children dressed up. Wakanda forever. Whatever happened to that? You all did that. But here's a story based on a historical account, and you want to throw dirt on it. What the hell's wrong with y'all? I don't care if you get mad at me. You okay? You need five minutes? Woosa. I think Woosa. we got a caller. Okay. Gosh. I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm tired of this hypocrisy. I just am. Caller, you're on Black Focus Radio. What's your name and what you want to talk about? Hello? Caller? Hello, caller. Caller, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. Where's Robert at? Robert, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Go, man. What you got? I know you got something today. You can hear me because you only hear in black and white. Oh, I hear in full <laughs> color, baby. Come on, what you got, T? I see you calling to start trouble. I'm ready for you, player. 
Can I can I switch gears just a little? Yeah, go ahead. You heard about uh, Whitehead getting fired, right? Cleveland Browns, free safety. Uh-uh. You didn't hear about that? Oh, uh, tell me. Huh. Um, I can't remember his first name, Jerome or something, Whitehead. Black player, free safety, Cleveland Browns. Okay. They got beat. He went in the locker room, still in his uniform, and he got on Twitter and called one of the guys criticizing him a cracker. And they fired him yesterday. Ooh. You mean they cut him? Mm, yeah, you can say cut. It's a job, though, and he's not there anymore, so you could say fired. Okay, yeah. I remember I remember you made this post. Okay, okay. I saw this one. So, and, and, and what, what, what was the problem with it? What was the problem with him being fired for what he said? One, just my opinion. Okay. I don't think he should have been. I don't think he should have been cut. He called a guy a cracker. Big deal. You hear stuff in the locker room a hundred times worse than that. But because of this new society ran and Twitter, social media, they felt they had to let him go. So okay, it's their decision. It's their business. But I was watching all this morning all the sports shows, like uh, oh Shannon Sharp and the other guy. Yeah. On that one, you won't watch because it's Fox Sports. <laughs> um, he was a victim of the culture. Who was a victim? Whitehead. Whitehead, okay. Yeah. Um, they talked for about 15 minutes there. Some other shows, ESPN, talked about it. Not once did I hear the word racism or racist. Why would Not you? Once. Now, just imagine... Uh, Tom Brady, the whitest white guy in America. Why is he the whitest white guy? Tell me why he's the whitest white guy. He's married to Giselle Bündchen. So that makes him the whitest white guy because of who he's married to? No, absolutely. So would Magic be the blackest black guy because he's married to uh, Cookie? Mm, I don't know. I don't know who Cookie is. His wife. Well, I believe you. You just told me, but I don't know who that is. Oh, okay. All right, go ahead. Cookie is Cookie black? Yeah, she's black. Okay. Tom Brady lost yesterday, first time this year. Okay. Eight and one. He goes back to his locker, so mad he gets on Twitter and calls one of his critics the N-word. Okay. Picture those same sports shows I watched this morning covering that story. Okay. Do you think they might have mentioned racist or racism? Oh, come on, Tom. Your boy. What's the boy play for Philadelphia? What's the boy's name play for Philly? Carson Wentz? No, the other guy. The one who went to the, to the country concert and called a guy a nigga. They ain't trip on him? Come on, man. Come on, Tom. Mm-hmm. Just looking for something. About that. Oh, see? See? Exactly. That's my point. He just proved your point. That's it. How did you hear about it? Uh, it was in the media. Yeah. What media? All of them. All of them. It was even on Fox, huh? The new the station I don't ago. listen to. You don't know it was on Fox. You refuse to watch Fox because <laughs> it's too white. Get over yourself. I don't watch. I don't. I don't. It's, I watch Fox sometimes, and it's not too white. You wouldn't even watch a football game on Fox. I was listening. <laughs> uh, that was me who said that. Was that was David, but still, same thing, though. I mean, oh, well, you guys sound alike to me. Oh, we, <laughs> oh, do. Oh, we do. Do we look alike too? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen you. 
Anyhow, that was a little levity. Yeah, Anyhow. that's a good one. Uh, you better, yeah, because yeah, I had my finger on the Tom. button. That was a good one. This is what you want. Tom. You yeah. want the same treatment for everybody, right? Yeah, so he got the same treatment that your boy. Well, you know what? Actually, he did get the same treatment. Your boy called another guy, called somebody else a nigga. He kept his job, but the black dude said Crocker and lost his job. All I'm going to say to you, Tom, is Racism. When I get back, uh, I'm out in the garden. I just cut the grass. Um, when I get back to the home to the computer, I will look up that. Um, what is it, an Eagles guy? Yeah, Philadelphia, Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles player. player. Yeah, white guy. And, yep, white guy, and and and, guy and, and actually, and he still got his job. And, He's still in the NFL. Well, actually, what he said is that I will kick all you inwards asses. Yeah. And said it multiple times. So how, how you miss that is amazing to me. That was only a couple. Yeah, that was, a, that was year before they won the Super Bowl. So that was only a couple of years ago. I think Chip Kelly was there then, right? Years ago. Okay, I'll look it up. Yeah, but but the point is, the point is, come on, man, seriously. Be honest. Be honest. Okay, I'll be honest. If Brady, if Brady had said that, okay, on Twitter, okay, do you think? The reaction would have been anywhere close to the near silence and defending of the black guy. Okay, so l- let me ask that real fast. Let me tell you, that's a false equivalency. Okay. So okay, pick another NFL. Well, 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 well. Let right. me. Well, we just did. Is the the white guy who went to a concert in Nashville who openly said and used that racial slur. He wasn't he wasn't cut. You get that right? But this black guy who used a slur was cut. So if you're gonna don't throw out Tom Brady's name, use someone that's similar to each other that are equal, and I would say both of those guys are about on the same equal plane. The white guy wasn't cut. The black guy was. So what's your point? Because I just made mine. My point was Yesterday, one of the white guys on the Patriots, not Brady, gets on Twitter and tweets back to somebody who was dogging him for losing, calls him the N-word. Riley Cooper. What would the media's reaction have been? Riley Cooper. He gets cut, he, he gets cut too, for the purposes of the conversation. You would have heard about it every minute. Well, all I'm saying is that we've we've seen the example that you're trying to make. Hold on, Riley Cooper. That's the guy, Riley Cooper, who played for the uh, Philadelphia Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles. He did not Riley. lose his job. He played. He played. He played. He kept playing. Exactly. We've seen, and as a matter of fact, many of the people, because I do sports, that's really my number one thing, is many of the white guys in the media and around the NFL made excuses for Riley Cooper. As a matter of fact, I can remember many of them saying, oh, he was just intoxicated. He was he was a little drunk. He didn't really mean what he said. Okay? So yeah. before you try to make that false equivalency, you might want to do a little historical research. Yeah, because you're trying to say right, that you... I'll look that up when I get home, but answer my question. What's that? If yesterday... 
But I'm telling you, we already had somebody do it. We've Tom. already been down the street. Go, you can't make up. You can't make right. up something, Tom. We've we already, already been one. down that street. We got a reference right here. This is Raleigh Cooper is the point of reference. He sets the precedent. Now, what he what it says though is that a white guy can say nigga and keep his job, but a black man can say cracker and lose his. That is a true double standard, my friend. I agree. Now, answer my question. What's your question? How would the media I that just be real. If a white guy had done that, you would not only see it on ESPN and Fox Sports and all over the internet, you'd see it on the real news. You'd see it on the news channels. You're not listening to me, Tom, because he tell would, up, it was on the real news when it happened. The what? And, Tom, not true. Riley Cooper did it, Tom. That is your point of reference. Tom, why is why why will you not accept Riley Cooper as a point of reference? Seriously. And since you say the real media, I, I just did a quick Google search on Riley Cooper, and there's NBC Sports that reported this, CBS Sports that reported it. Uh, uh, let's and see. What did they report? Uh, the Bleacher Report that reported this. Uh, it was on. ESPN, because I because I was still doing sports at the time. So your example has been debunked simply because we've seen this happen in real life and real time. And Riley Cooper did not get cut. He got a pass by the media. They started pretending like, oh, he was drunk. He didn't know what he was saying. They made up every excuse in the book to try to justify. And as if you remember, although you apparently don't, Michael Michael Irving, when he tried his uh, his 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 his, uh, his new talk show called One on One, he even went out and interviewed Riley Cooper. Okay, come on, so, Tom. Come on, dude. You're, you're you you need you need to come with a better one than that. Not only that, Tom. Michael Irving. Michael Irving said on the on, Michael Irving said on ESPN. He said that boy looked black. That boy look, he got some black in him. He lost his job for that. Yep. He didn't call nobody a nigga. He didn't call nobody a cracker. He ain't say nothing. He just said it looked like that boy got some black in him, and he lost his job. And, and, Come on, Tom. And then one other false equivalency that we must address is using the word cracker as opposed to the word N-word. There is no comparison, my friend. Okay? I agree because white guys aren't allowed to call each other cracker either. Well, whatever way you want to couch it, but the historical <laughs> references of who's the, the N-word. Who's stop you? Oh, I was teasing you. I the, the historical reference of the N-word as opposed to uh, the, the, the word cracker, where it evolved from, that word didn't evolve from people being subjugated. That word didn't evolve from people being raped. That word didn't evolve from people being hung and castrated and their children being sold. So there is no... There is no equivalency to the word cracker and the word, the N-word, period. If it's such a terrible word, why do you guys use it all the time? Uh, I rarely use it except for example, just to make the point on this show. But in my regular life, I do not use it at all, period. And neither do my children use it. But I use it every every damn chance I get. (laughs) I'm going to use it till I get tired of using it. For effect, or how do you mean it? I don't have no meaning to it. Y'all, y'all used to call us that all the time, so I just figured I'd use it for my own self, you know. Oh, 
You know yeah, what I mean? Fair enough. That's all. I don't mind. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Uh, like I said, I wouldn't. Have nothing sinister. Say it again. No. Just to make a just. At that guy, I thought it was ridiculous. Well, from what uh we had, we've had a uh, a, and I, I hadn't seen the video, so I can't. I don't know one way or the other. But according to one of our listeners, they said they cut him for saying "I will kill you," on Twitter, not saying the word "cracker." Yeah, they said threatening. And cracker okay. was all uh, was all I got to read this morning. Now, just quickly yeah, to to this listener uh, who says, "Why do I make time for this white guy on Black Focus Radio?" Well, here's what you have to understand, listener, and I'm not going to call you out. This show is open for everybody. Okay, that don't mean I'm all agree with them. All no, right, because I don't always agree with Dave. Dave I, don't always agree, and, with and I don't really like Robert. But and the, the feeling's mutual, by uh, the way. But but the point is this: is that at some point we got to have a dialogue, okay? And the other point is, and Tom is just honest enough to call in and share his thoughts, right? And the other point I is that. that I want to hear what they say about us. What, you should what too. He thinks. You should too. Just like what you don't realize that they listen to our this show to try to figure out what we're saying about them. So. I don't have any problem. Hey, if we could get to look next, we're trying to get the FOP on here. Okay. I've said over and over again, since we started this show almost five years ago, that I'm trying to get the Republican party to come on here. We want them. I want you to come on this show. We want to have a conversation. Because that's the type of show it is. Yeah, it is black focus radio. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But in order to make sure that our focus is on black folks, we have to know what those folks are doing. If you understand that. Plus, this is a media oh, show. That's why and I like call. I said, Tom, I Tom is to honest enough to call. People, different people as I can. Yeah, I'm Tom's, get all sides to something. Tom, you don't get all sides. You slaying it. Come on, Tom. I don't. No, you slaying it. Is that like? Uh, is that how? Like, you can't be racist because you're black. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I can't be racist because I'm black. Tom, did you not listen to the first part of the show in Black Facts? He, he must have been busy. I can't be racist, Tom. Tom, you still there? Yeah, I'm still there. Oh, okay. Oh, hang on a minute. Hold on, Tom. We had something to start playing. Okay. All right, Tom, go ahead. Um, you know about the, the white farmers getting murdered in South Africa, right? Okay. Because, because they're white. Okay. Uh, no, hold actually, on. they're hold being. On, hold on, hold on, Dave. Hold on, Dave. Let him get it out. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tom. Are, are, the, are the people killing them and taking their farms? Are they racist because they're doing it because the guy's skin's white? I don't know. Let me ask you a question, though. I just got one question, and I'll answer your question. I, well, I'm. A, I want to ask you a question. I want you to think about my question while I answer your question. You ready? Okay. Yep. Okay. So the when when whites killed blacks for whatever reason. In the back from eighteen, from eighteen, from seventeen oh one forward, do you think they were racist? Okay, and you into mean your in America or worldwide? In America. Okay, I'll think about that. Okay, cool. Now, your question was: Do I think the guys who are killing killing people in Africa are racist? Yeah. No, nah, I think that's just about economics. Unfortunately, you just have to be white. Wait a minute. When I said Trump wasn't racist for keeping black people out of his apartments because it lowered the property value, you said that didn't count. Economics doesn't count. It's still racist. 
Yeah, I mean, I could flip it whenever I want to because I'm black, Tom. I have that luxury. I'm just kidding, Tom. I'm kidding, man. <laughs> I know. But to to the point about South Africa, uh, Tom, if I come to your house and beat you up, kill your wife, sell your children, and then claim your house is mine, and then somewhere down the line you're able to come back and get your house back, who's right in that? You or me for initially starting it? That depends. In a lot of these cases, your great-grandson is killing my great-grandson in the name of what our ancestors did. Well, Did you know it wasn't 20 years ago when white people killed a bunch of black people and took their farms in South Africa? It was a long... Uh, No, apartheid did not end... I'm not sure what history you're watching. To the 90s. But apartheid didn't end until 1991, Tom, if I remember correctly. Yeah, 91 or 92. Black people still weren't weren't able to live decently. In fact, uh, if you want to get an insight on, on what really went on in South Africa, you might want to read the book called Kafir Boy by Mark Mothabani, whom I've interviewed multiple times. And it gives you a great insight on what black people endured under the thumb of apartheid. And that's, that's recent history. What I'm saying is there are guys today in South Africa being killed because they're white who are on a family farm they've had for 100 years. That was stolen from Africans 150 years ago. By his ancestors and they're getting killed by the ancestors so now i understand your now i understand the problem tom i understand the problem now so what you're saying is you don't want to be killed for stuff your ancestors did right i don't want to get killed at all well yeah of course but 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 your point here is you don't want to be killed for things done by your ancestors so is that why you vehement is that why people vehemently oppose the conversation about slavery because they don't want they don't want to they don't want to be accused of what hap of what oh, what their gonna, ancestors did. Reparations. Well, reparations too. It's all the same. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Basically, yeah. Tom, I appreciate you, man. See, this is why I like Tom. Tom, just be straight up. Tom, you got to call back, man. We like talking to you. Hey, Tom, we finna wrap this thing, though. But hey, we appreciate you calling in, brother. I knew I was late. It's always good to talk to you. Stay strong. You too, man. All right, talk to you on all Facebook, right. Robert. Peace. I like Tom, man. Tom's honest. He's a jam. That's why I don't like that conversation. Uh, conversation ain't good for me. Rockman said, do you believe he misunderstands or is it his nature to oppose? He's talking about Tom. Tom. Uh, well, I'm going to be honest, Rockman. I don't know. I don't mind. It's it's good, healthy conversation. Uh, and, it, and it's good to hear another point of view. Whether right. you, are, right. whether you agree, you agree with, it with it or not, it's yeah. good to hear. I want to know what they're saying about me. And I think it's good to know. I mean, what he said, what he just said, I thought gave us gave lent a lot of credibility to mm-hmm. the argument, right? Mm-hmm. He says, hey, I don't want to be criticized or punished for what my ancestors did, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I think the next time we talk to him, we'll explain to him that, hey, we're constantly being, we're constantly being punished and criticized for what your ancestors did. Right. So we, I understand that, right? right. Now I need you to understand why 
I need you not to keep, not to continue to criticize and punish me mm-hmm. for the same things that your ancestors done to me. Good point. And I think that's important. Good point. We got to get out of here. We got to take. A, we'll see you tomorrow. And again, uh, a, uh, you're listening to Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, quote, our man? voices. I got my quote. I'm ready. Where your quote, bro? I got my quote, bro. I'm man. always ready. Hey, spend money on community. If you don't, nobody else will. Peace. Oh, that was kind of weak, man. Really? Yeah. Really, Dave? Yeah. Call my quote, that was kind of weak. Five. Let me. Let me let me see. I've got a Malcolm quote that I wanted to get to. I sorry. I sorry. I don't have. Oh, I tell you what. Nah, let me do this quote. And no, those no, of you who no, watch, no, 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 no. those of you who watch uh, The Walking Dead, King Ezekiel had a great quote. I remember this when I saw it. No, don't read. It your says, quote yet. "Don't read your quote yet." Because you just made me think of something. Man, we have a quote every day, and if you're gonna read quotes, you need to have them up and ready to go. Okay. Hey. Dave, I'm ready. I ain't studying you. I'm ready. Be peaceful. Be courteous. Obey the law. Respect everyone. But if someone put his hands on you, send him to the cemetery. My man, Malcolm X. I know. I love that one. Uh, the pessimist looks down and hits his head. The optimist looks up and loses his footing. The realist looks forward and adjusts his path accordingly that's deep right there bro read that again man the pessimist looks down and hits his head the optimist looks up and loses his footing the realist looks forward and adjusts his path accordingly y'all have a great day You've been listening to Black Focus, where we discuss our issues with our solutions and our voices. Join us every weekday afternoon at 1 p.m. on joinetradio.com.